Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceeding strong, had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, breaking in pieces, trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Daniel, back in the 5th and 6th century B.C., is telling us about something that John is be, that's being revealed to John here in chapter 13. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob takes us to the book of Daniel, chapter 7, as he continues his explanation of the great beast from the sea. John presents this beast as the extension of the fourth beast of Daniel 7 and connecting the empire in his vision with the characteristics of the great empires of the past. The fourth animal was a dreadful, indescribable beast, which shared the most terrifying characteristics of the previous beasts, yet represents the final world empire under the leadership of a satanic dictator. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he continues our journey in the book of Revelation. Old Persia is the, the chest, the arms, the, Med- the Medes and the Persians. That's why there's two arms. That's of silver. Greece is this bronze uh, waist area. Rome is the, the legs of iron. And then the iron mixed with clay uh, and, and the revived Roman Empire. All these world kingdoms have come and gone except for the very last one. We know that Babylon was taken over by the Medes and the Persians. The Medes and the Persians were taken over by Alexander the Great, the the leader of Greece. And he was ultimately succeeded by Rome, the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire imploded upon itself in 476 AD, I believe it was. And they've been lying dormant ever since, only to be revived in the last days. And believe me, the world is waiting. They don't even understand any of this because they don't believe any of this. Notice that each successive metal decreases in value. There's a reason for that. As man tries to govern himself, it becomes more base, more base, more useless, more base. The head of gold was Nebuchadnezzar. The body of silver was the Medes and the Persians, Darius and Ahasuerus. The bronze was Greece under Alexander the Great. So we see these kingdoms The first four of those have already come to pass. And right between that Rome and that one at the bottom, the revived Roman Empire, is where we are. We're at the end of that. We're getting close to that. Because when the church is removed, this plan will go into place. 
It'll create, an, create enough stir in the world. There's going to need to be some leader to make sense of all this. People are going to lose their minds when the church is removed. It won't make sense. It's going to be very scary for the world. Daniel chapter 7 and chapter 8 further portrays these four kingdoms in the likeness of animals. And we're just going to look at Daniel 7 because I think this chapter is, is important because it gives us even more information than uh, chapter 8 in some, in some areas. But we're going to see that Daniel, as he portrays in chapter 7, he portrays the head of gold, this Babylon, as a lion. He's going to personify the Medes and the Persians, the chest and the arms of silver. He's going to personify that as a bear. He's going to personify Greece, this belly of thighs of brass, as the leopard. And he's going to talk about the Roman Empire that was, that was uh, destroyed by itself, actually, in 476. He's going to describe that as a horrible beast with ten horns. And there's going to be two waves of that. Two different layers to that. The one has already happened. The one has yet to occur. And he's going to speak about that as this, the feet of iron that you see at the very bottom where it's going to be iron mixed with clay. It's going to be brittle. It's going to have some of the strength of the former Roman Empire, but it's going to be brittle. It's not going to be as strong. And so I'm going to read to you. You can write these verses down, but I'm going to read them to you. Because as we go through them, you're going to see quite the difference. And it will define for us, by the way, as we read these chapters specifically, you're going to see these five heads and these ten horns, or these seven heads and ten horns, we're going to see the, um, those defined for us. So let's read it. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel, of course, writing, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed, and then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. And Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. What is the great sea? It's the Mediterranean, right? Stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, these world powers, each different from the other. The first was like a bear. Remember when we were talking about Bible interpretation, that if it, you can take it literally except when it starts to employ certain things that you know that it's, it's meant to be symbolic? This is it, okay? We understand that by reading already, there's something weird going on. It's speaking of us in types and, and in pictures to get us an idea, but these things are, are types, I saw my vision, uh, let me see, and the four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. Verse 4, the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings, that speaks of Babylon. I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to it. And later on in Daniel, or earlier in Daniel, we, we found out why that is. That makes total sense if you read the book of Daniel. And suddenly another beast, a second, like a bear. And this is the Medes and the Persians, represented by the over. It raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and these three ribs uh, represent three nations. I believe it was, um, uh, I don't want to go there right now, but it's not really important for us at this time. But those represent three different nations that the Medes and the Persians had conquered. They had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. And verse 6, After this I looked, and there was another beast, like a leopard. And this is speaking of Alexander the Great, who was a very young man, died at 32 years of age from malaria in Babylon. 
This leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird, and the beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And after this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, and this is the beast that we're concerned about, dreadful and terrible, exceeding strong. It had huge iron teeth, and that's what that, that image that we saw of the iron legs. It speaks of the Roman Empire. It was a, a terrible beast, very similar to the other beast before it, now kind of combined into one really horrible, vomitous mass. Can I use that term? I just did. So... I was considering the horns, and there was another horn. Oh, I'm sorry, I've got to back up. A fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceeding strong, it had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in, pieces, breaking in pieces, trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Daniel, back in the 5th and 6th century B.C., is telling us about something that John is be, that's being revealed to John here in chapter 13. Huh. I wonder if it's the same God speaking the same message. Huh, might be a coincidence. Of course it's not. Here it is. It was different from all the other beasts. It had ten horns. It was, I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little horn. Does that sound familiar, this name, the little horn? Coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots, and there in this horn were eyes like of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. And then skip down with me now to verse 19 of that same chapter. And notice, Daniel says, I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, teeth and iron and nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces, trampled the residue with its feet, and the ten horns which were on its head, and the other horn which came up before three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth, speaking again pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. And notice in verse 21, it says, I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints, and prevailing against them, until the Ancient of Days came. Thank God for the Ancient of Days. A reference to God. He came and judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. This is toward the end of the, uh, of the tribulation period. And thus he said, notice he defines it for us. The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings. There we go. We don't have to look any further. It's defined for us. Who are these ten horns in Revelation 13? They're ten kings. Who shall arise from this kingdom? And another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and laws. And then the saints shall be given into his hand. These are the saints in the tribulation period. These aren't part of the church, but they are believers and Jews who have believed in Christ. He's going to allow them to be given into this Antichrist's hand. Notice, for a time and times and half a time. Have you heard that before? That's three and a half years. A time is one year. Times is plural. Two years. Two plus one is three. Half a times is a half a year. Three and a half years, 42 months, 1,260 days. Sounds like we're talking about the same thing. Hmm, must be a coincidence. 
But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. That's you and I, folks, and those who will be going through that tribulation who are believers. Notice, his kingdom, God's kingdom, is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. And so we figure out who these ten horns are. And if we look over in Revelation chapter 17, actually go over there with me. And we're probably going to have to end here today. I intended to get a lot further. But one thing that I don't have the gift of is being verbose. I don't, I don't like to talk, as you can tell. I really don't like talking about the Bible. You know, I, I get started and I just I wonder what to say and I'm having a hard time. Thank you for uh, laughing. Because <laughs> we, need, we need some humor, don't we, in all of this. A little bit of levity in this darkness is pretty good. But notice with me, even Revelation 17, we'll look at the first three verses and then we'll look at a few other verses and then we'll stop there for today because we've got a lot more to go next week. But I don't want to rush this because it's important. Let the Bible be its best commentary. Define these things. You know, if you know the Old Testament and if you're just a, a, a casual reader and you read uh, critically, actually, don't be a casual reader, read critically, read and think any, everybody in this room can read and think. Write things down. Go back. Read it again. Read it. Think about it. Don't just take anybody's word for it. This seven heads and ten horns is very... Not only did we see it in Daniel, and we saw it in the context of this revived Roman Empire that's coming, that the Antichrist is going to be the head over, but we also see it in Revelation chapter 17, which we'll get to weeks to come, and it defines it very clearly for us. I'll be honest with you, there's still some mystery about this that I don't quite understand, but there's sufficient here to tell us what these things are, and then we just have to leave it alone. Notice, Revelation 17, verse 1, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls, these are the angels, remember we're talking about the bowl judgments, right? Because in Revelation 16, we see the first or the, the seventh angel or the, the, the last seven plagues on the earth, the bowls judgments or the, the bowls, the vile wraths of judgment. They are going to begin in Revelation 16. But notice what John says. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls, one of them came and talked to me saying, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. We'll talk more about her later. With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Does this beast sound familiar? We're talking about it today which is, has full of names full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and 10 horns. Hmm. Daniel told us about that. John here in chapter 13 is telling us about that and we're getting further definition of it from here in Revelation 17. Go down with me to the 7th verse now. But the angel said to me, "Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her." which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. We know that that's going to be the Antichrist. The very spirit of the the devil himself is going to uh, inhabit this man on the earth. We'll talk more about him next week. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel. And those names, whose names are not written in the book of life from uh, from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Here is the mind which has wisdom. And here it is, defined for us very 
clearly, but I'll be honest with you, still quite challenging. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sets. But notice, there are also seven kings. So these seven heads are actually two things. Uh, Seven mountains on which the woman sits. There's only a few cities in the world that have been called the city of seven hills. There's only a few of them. But it's also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And we believe that one that has not yet come is the Antichrist. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. Notice the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they will, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. And so we know that in the last time that we are going to see this Antichrist, he's going to rise up. And he's going to take control over three of these kings. And then he's going to be the one standing up. He's going to be that little horn, that one speaking pompous words that's going to deceive by craft and military exploits. And he's going to deceive the whole world. This is the being that we're talking about. I'm kind of glad we're going to stop here because it's right about here that I was having all kinds of troubles. I didn't plan that, believe me. But I'm really glad. I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, that's really great, Lord, because we're not done. I believe some of the stuff that we've got to yet look at is going to be very interesting to you. It's going to be challenging to you because we live, folks, in a world that is being prepared for this man of sin. Next week I'll talk more about that. It's, we live in desperate times. We live in desperate times. But I want to encourage you that in spite of all of this, there's no need to fear. There's no need to fear. We're just getting off to the start here in this chapter. We'll probably be in this chapter again next week. We may spend three weeks on this chapter alone because there's a lot here. But there's no need to be afraid. Because God has gone before you already, and he is the one who is at the end of all of this. In fact, Jesus said, I will be with you to the end of the age. That was the promise, was it not? He is going to be with us to the end of the age. Right now, he is with us. He's going to continue to be with us. My prayer for all of us as we go through this crazy time, and believe me, I have have an opinion and I want to ask your opinion or your permission next week. I want to give you my opinion next week. I want, I want to ask for your opinion or ask for your permission so that I can give you my opinion about what is happening. I may be wrong, but I don't, I'm, I'm not confident that I am. I don't think that, again, I'm not a know-it-all. There's a lot that I don't know, and I'll be the first one to admit it, and I'll, I'll say things wrong from time to time. But as I'm sizing all the things that are going on, as I'm sizing it all up, I'm trying to put some semblance of order to it in my mind. Based on what I know of the Word of God, it's becoming clearer and clearer, and I cannot deny it any longer. And it's going to ruffle some of your feathers. I'm not going to get deep into it, but it's going to challenge you. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I really don't care about my will being done. My will is nothing. God's will. But as I look at these things, and I look at what's going on in the world, and, I, and the things that I'm reading and seeing, it is everything is lining up, folks. It is, it is, it's amazing to me. 
So I would ask for, <laughs> as we approach next week, I, I want to um, ask you to pray about that. Because some of you may not like it. But i got to tell you what I, what I believe to be true. And again, I hope I'm wrong. So, I pray that God fills you with his spirit this week. I pray that he fills you completely. That you experience his love for you and your family. I pray that he would protect you from all the things that you're going through. All the health risks and all of the things and the, all the things that we can't even imagine. There's so much deception, folks. So much. And, and I don't even know what the truth, I know what the truth is, but that's all I know. Everything else is suspect. Can you agree with me on that? But you know what? God is able. He is still on the throne. He's never left his throne. He knows exactly what's going on. And you know what? He's given us enough to encourage us. I'm so glad that the good shepherd, and we'll look at this idle shepherd, this one, Zechariah calls him the idle shepherd, I-D-O-L. Not the idle shepherd, I-D-L-E, where he's sitting you know, playing Nintendo. No, he's not an idle shepherd. He's an idle shepherd. I'm so glad that the good shepherd loves us so much to tell us the truth. He tells us in advance. And why is that? Is it because he wants to frighten us? No. He tells us so that we're prepared, so that we can tell others what we know. Because when I share with you what I'm going to share with you next week, you're going to, you're, some of you are going to be like, oh my gosh. And I hope I'm wrong. It's not going to be a thus saith the Lord. But you know, as I look at it, I'm like, God, if, this is, if there's not something to this, I must be losing my mind. And that's possible. <laughs> so, Be encouraged and keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes in the word of God. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked. Be careful about what you watch. Be careful about what you hear. Be careful of how you watch and be careful how you hear what you hear. We are not impervious to things. If you're like me, I'm like a sponge i got to be careful about what I'm around because I attract those things and they come into my heart and into my life. I must be careful. Pray for me too, please. I want to be filled with the truth, even especially in this, in the Word of God, but I want to be filled with truth, the reality of everything that's going on. That's all I care about. I don't care about anything but the truth, even to my own harm, even to anybody's harm. The truth is the truth and it will set us free. I love the truth. Don't you love the truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. What a wonderful and glorious good shepherd he is. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we come before you and again, Lord, and just pray that, Lord, you'd continue to pray, uh, continue to um, encourage Lord, our hearts, and draw us closer to you, Father. Help us in these days, God, to to be diligent, Lord, uh, to be purposeful in everything that we do, in a, purposeful in our relationships, purposeful in the words that we use, purposeful in the food that we put into our bodies, Lord, purposeful in everything, Lord, that we could be as healthy as we can be, Lord, knowing that you Desire that for us, Lord. We are the temple of the Spirit of God. If that be the case, Lord, help us to take care of this temple. Help us to take care of ourselves, Lord. And help us to encourage and love one another, God, and not be biting each other and gossiping about each other. Help us 
to be known by the love that you have. For greater love has no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. Lord, help us to lay down our lives for each other, to love each other enough to tell the truth and love and to encourage and exhort. We love you, Father, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.